Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here are your guides on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights and Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, Car Wash Nation. Welcome to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. This is your host, David Begin. Hope everybody's doing well out there. I know that uh, we're in some very interesting times. And when it comes to interesting times, I talked to my HR expert, Claudia St. John, who's the CEO of Affinity HR Group. Claudia, thanks for joining me again. She's a regular guest on this podcast. This is either number three or four, I think we've done with you. Yeah, something like that. And I'm yeah. absolutely delighted uh, to be here with you. Thank you for keep, thank you for inviting me back over and over again. It, oh, yeah. it, it brings me joy. And I don't, did you want to, did you want to talk a little bit about the, the CARES Act, the Patient yeah. Protection Loan? Yeah, let's, let's do that. I, you know, I think a lot of car wash owners have gotten some information in that and have applied. Mm-hmm. And I actually, for, for my self-serve frozen yogurt place, I applied last week, but I think the promises that were made initially by the government, how quickly the money is going to get out. I've heard of maybe one person who's received PPP money so far, but the vast majority have not. Yeah. I know of two. I know of two. And in fact, I had a call with my, um, with my banker just today about it. And really, it was funny. I, he was asking me questions and I was telling him, no, actually, that's not how the loan works. So it goes this way. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm instructing my banker (laughs) how this works. And I, I think, talking about grace we need to treat these folks these banks with grace and you know the frustration and the fear of course is real about this am i not going to get it is money going to run out why is it taking so long the government has never worked this quickly before ever yeah. ever 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 so um you know again i know it's frustrating and i know it's an uncertain time but people are beginning to get their loans very very slowly and just it's, we're going to get this money. And what you do in the meantime, you know, if you have to lay off or reduce the hours of folks in the meantime, that's why they extended that unemployment benefit. It is, it is available in most states now. Um, so that's the flip side of it. That, that funding went out with the CARES Act in early, in early March, mid-March. So the states should have the money to fund that unemployment if you have to lay folks off in the interim before you get your your paycheck protection loan. Yeah, yeah, and I I agree. And I think there is that frustration because we were kind of told, or we were told that it would be a three-day process. It's not a three-day process, so we need to accept that. But we are starting to see the trickle come out. So employers are trying to make a decision right now. So for example, with, with our business, I'm trying to say, would I be better off closing the doors for four to six weeks and then reopening and trying to save my cash through that period? Because I'm now betting on that CARES Act money mm-hmm. and I've kept the business open and I've kept employees employed. I've reduced the hours a little bit, but not too much. So that's, that's the approach that I've taken in anticipation of these loans. And the fear for a lot of business owners is what if this doesn't come through? What if the money runs out? What if the money comes too late? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've made all these decisions and these decisions have tanked my business. 
Right. Well, and I think, um, you know, I'm not a financial advisor or an accountant, so um, I can only share what the conversations have been that I've had with my clients on this. Um, you know, so again, I, I, this is anecdotal, and I would encourage everybody to have these deliberations with their own folks. But, um, you know, I, I think folks are making the decision now as to whether or not to keep folks on or not. One of the issues about keeping them on or laying them off or furlough is that the relationship that the employee has to the employer, if you furlough an employee, there is no technical federal definition of furlough. It's, there's, no, there's nothing magical about furlough versus layoff versus firing, except that the intention is that you will bring them back as soon as you can and as soon as the business is operational again. On furlough also, usually not with layoff, but on furlough, and this is kind of what defines it as a furlough, is that you maintain some level of benefits with those employees. So for example, their, their PTO accrual, their sick leave accrual, their seniority for benefits of, such as paid time off, is was remained intact. Perhaps their 401k is maintained and is continued to be contributed to. Perhaps you're still covering them on health insurance. So you're still providing that employer provided health insurance for them. They're still on your payroll. They're just not getting paid. So okay. in that instance, they typically are still eligible for unemployment benefits. It's just they still have these other these other coverages or these other benefits that are available to them. Um, an important thing, of course, you don't necessarily want to be throwing folks out without health insurance in the middle, middle of a global pandemic, right? So if you can sustain those health insurance premiums in the meantime, that's a great thing. And the health insurance, the, the, the um, paycheck protection loan, covers the cost of that health of maintaining that health insurance. So that's really something that that's really the major consideration is do you keep them on payroll as an employee and you're just not paying them any money? Um, the thing, frustrating thing I think for a lot of employers is they uh, unemployment is a state by state deal. So we can't speak with any certainty about what the level of coverage is. And as an employer, you can't make the promise that they will qualify for unemployment because it's not your choice. It's not your decision. It's the state's unemployment board decision in terms of qualifying. So um, we do see a lot of states are becoming very liberal in their interpretation of waiting periods, for example, or unemployment, things of that sort. Um, so chances are they're going to get it, but just a safety reminder that you don't wanna be making promises that you can't keep because you really don't know. Um, so I, my gut tells me in any instance, the best is to keep them active at some level, reduce hours, and in many states they can collect for those reduced hours. And in many states, if they get some level of unemployment benefit, they're also going to qualify for the full 600 additional benefit. So mm -hmm. it's pretty rich. Yeah. Interesting. I'm getting, I'm, I'm sitting and looking at my desk. I've got a ton of unemployment claims now from my previous business. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine what the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment is going through right now. Like they, they have just 
their workload has got to be increased by at least 10 times. Oh my goodness, yes. And you realize that, first of all, a lot of these, um, a lot of these entities have had funding cuts. Nobody's been putting money into unemployment benefits. We've had the biggest, lowest level of unemployment it, historically, 50-year lows. And all of a sudden, you've got, just in the last two weeks, 14 million people applying. And they're using usually on online systems that are horrendously antiquated. Very, very few organizations, state, state unemployment boards, have modern, up-to-date unemployment enrollment systems, online systems. They're crashing left and right. Yeah. Um, my advice is just to be patient and to keep going and to keep calling and keep, you know, keep pursuing it um, as, as, best, as best you can. But yeah, I mean, wow. If, at least we're not them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the way wow. I look I mean, at it. I'm, at I'm, least that's know, not my job. I feel sorry for my banker. I feel sorry yes. for the, you know, the unemployment people. I mean, there are people right now that are just inundated yes. with work and they're having to work, you know, 80, 90 hour weeks. And try to stay healthy and try yeah. not to get COVID, right? I mean, that's still an underlying fear that all of us have, you know? So to have that and to be working, it's tough. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. Very tough. So you did a good job of de defining furlough and communicating that furlough. It's not a standard term. It's no. kind of whatever somebody means. But but if somebody ends up getting unpaid leave, what's how is that different than furlough? It's kind of the same. It, it, because they're still an employee, they're still part of the organization. Um, they're, they're still there. They're just not getting paid. So it does show up the same way. Now, one of the questions is always, how are you going to handle health insurance? So typically in a non-COVID universe, if an employee is on unpaid leave, typically they will be responsible for paying their portion of the health insurance premium. So that could be either they're, they're paying a continuation benefit or they're paying the employer or they're paying the health insurer directly. But typically on an extended unpaid leave, that health insurance, either the employee's portion or the employee and the employer's portion, both fall to the responsibility of the employee. So this is one of those situations, and, and I, I don't think I mentioned it before, but everything you do right now is not setting a precedent. So now might be a good time to say, hey, during this period, we're going to continue to pay the same level of health insurance that we've been paying all along. So if you go on unpaid leave, if I don't have any work for you and you, and you go on unpaid leave, I'm going to still maintain your health insurance for you if you can afford to do that. So um, this is not a decision that you would normally make. That's not usually a benefit that you would extend on people who are on, uh, you know, on, on, on unpaid um, leave, but these are not normal circumstances. So you can make it up as you go along. You can decide what you want to cover and not cover. You can cover some employees. For example, you know, we, we do a lot of work with insurance companies. Well, um, they can all work from home except for those that don't have internet coverage. So maybe you extend a different level of paid time off or paid leave to those who can't work through no fault of their own 
versus those who can. Or if you're making folks come in and work on site, maybe they get an extra stipend of an extra buck or two an hour as opposed to those who are more administrative and can work from home and don't need to come into the office. This is the time when you can, you make it up. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no, there, you can just figure out and you can treat employees differently based on their circumstances as long as the basis for that is not discriminatory. And really the only time when we see that it is, David, is when we've got folks who maybe have an older worker, maybe have a worker who's got a compromised health system, health, health um, you know, a compromised um, immune system and have to stay home. Um, and, and as long as you're not discriminating against them because of that status, and as long as that's their choice um, to stay home versus stay coming to work, you should be fine. And, and with that, I would have a conversation with your at-risk employees and offer them the opportunity to stay home, to protect their health, either on paid or unpaid leave. Um, but you can't make them take that that has to be their choice because you can't make them do something that would be an adverse impact to them based on their health status. It's the okay. only real area where you're going to get into trouble, I think. Yeah, that's good information. So unpaid leave doesn't feel very good. That term doesn't sound very good because to me, it feels like if I were an employee, um, they're hanging on to me to hopefully hire me again. And when things improve, um, and if there's no benefits or anything, it is there, it just, it just doesn't feel right. Am I, if there's no, but yeah, no, I think you're right. If there's no benefit, if there's no benefit, then I think, you know, again, there's no such thing as furlough versus layoff. It's all the same. But as long as you say to them, look, when things get better, I'll bring you back. You'll still be able to, if you've been working with me for five years and you get three weeks of vacation, you'll still get that when you come back, we're going to keep you intact. You won't lose anything by leaving, but we have to close down for now. Um, go ahead and, and we won't contest your unemployment claim. You know, okay. and, and maybe that's a better approach. And that's the nice thing about this situation is unlike normal circumstances, they're protected because they have this four months of added $600 a week benefit. Um, and they've extended overall unemployment by an additional 13 weeks. So in most states, it's now 39 weeks. So, you know, they the the worst case scenario of getting laid off and losing your job right now isn't that bad you just have to work you know waddle your way through your unemployment you know process okay which, as we said it's not easy so that that's really a decision the employee's got to make if unpaid leave sounds like unpaid leave but you know given the situation they might not find another place of employment right now so it might be their only option well, and that's a really good point, actually. If somebody is on leave, an extended leave, so for example, if they're on the Emergency Family Paid Leave Act, they're home taking care of their children, um, and you're paying them two-thirds of their pay to do that, um, they technically should not be looking for other work. And if you find out that they are looking for other work, you can discontinue that benefit because you're paying them for that leave so they should not be looking for other work it's the only time really when you can say you're not supposed to look for work while you're on this because we're paying you good point good point so let's kind of take a look at the crystal ball here kind of looking in the future what do you think i mean this is going to be it's certainly devastating to the gig economy which is getting bigger in this yeah. country 
uh, what do you think, you think there's going to be some changes in the safety nets that we see for employees? Oh, goodness. Well, all right. So I'll tell you something that's terrifying. Um, and I don't mean to frighten people, but Illinois um, on Monday just passed a law. The, the Workers' Compensation Board basically said that for those essential businesses right now, if you have an employee that develops COVID, they don't care where they might have developed it. If you are an essential business, it's now a workers' comp claim. So that's Illinois, and we're hearing that that might happen in Ohio. So what that means is that the, the states are now putting the burden of caring, paying for the care of those who have COVID on employers who, you know, are in no necessarily no better position to pay for that. And it's again evidence that there is this gap in the safety net in terms of health insurance. If we had a national health insurance plan, these burdens wouldn't fall on the employer, right? We wouldn't be looking to to care to piggyback on their workers' comp claims. Um, so I think there's definitely going to be a conversation. Um, I, I think there's definitely going to be a discussion about what what do we as society need um, to move forward. I am in no I'm under no um, illusion that our body politic will come together on this. And I think the only reason why we got through what we got through the last two times with the Families First and the and the CARES Act was because everybody because Congress basically got together and said pass it pass it just get it through um, and so politics were put aside um, those windows of opportunity I, I did a master's in public policy and those windows of opportunity to really do something big and momentous those windows open and then they close so I think it depends on where we are in that public policy window um, but I but I hope I think we recognize that man we we need we need some safety net, and I and I think we're not done yet finding the holes in our existing safety net. Um, yeah. You know, Congress basically said, and and the president said, although I've not really seen it anywhere delineated, that if you get COVID, it, it the medical the medical costs will be paid for, but I don't know by whom, and I don't know where, and I don't know how that works, and I have no idea what that is, and I don't know how to figure that out but I've heard it said, um, but that, that's evident of the fact that, you know, when we've got millions upon millions of people who are either uninsured or underinsured um, and businesses who can't provide that insurance because it's so expensive, we've we got a problem. We got to figure out how to, how to, how to fix it. Um, yeah. But, but that's, you know, I'm a liberal, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know I'm a liberal, so you know I think we need to do these things. Although I am not a Bernie Sanders supporter, so hey, yeah. there's that. But no, you know I I I I hope we can come together to say that we do need something. We do yeah. need something. At something. I yeah, because it, it it it. I mean, even from even if you're a, a capitalist, you think you know, in order for us to have people taking risk and starting small businesses and to work in a gig economy and be a contractor, which we want the flexibility as business owners to hire contractors and not hire contractors. For people to have the willingness to do that, they've got to feel like, okay, I've at least got the ability to get healthcare. I've got the ability to save up for unemployment. Um, and so 
it's even, I mean, I, he, even me as a capitalist on the other side of the spectrum here, I think in order for us to be able to keep our economy robust and healthy, we've got to have some sort of support for people who are either starting a new business or, you know, want to work as a contractor. We, you know, we, we're going to have to figure something out. We do. And I also think, David, and we've had this conversation before about the minimum wage. I remember the last time we talked about, well, you know, what do we think about increasing the minimum wage? You know, I, 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 not to get into political debates, but we do need to make sure that, that, the, that, that we have a middle class that can afford, you know, to support an economy that can afford to work, that can afford to put their kids through school. Um, you know, if we can't afford college, then what, what does that mean for our, the future of our of our country if we can't educate our children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, would it be nice if we could all come together and say, how can we hit a reset button? And is this the time to hit a reset button? It sure feels like we've got some, between this and climate change and everything else, we do feel like we've got some existential things to talk about. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, we also have our tribes that we go back into and, um, and I, I was having a conversation with my 20 year old son who is, um, who is a tribe is in his tribe, um, and very angrily. So in his tribe, and I was sitting here really trying to explain to him the political views of those that are on the opposite side of his, of his politics. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think I got to him, but it's a conversation I have to keep having. I am a Democrat. He is a Democrat, but he is much more tribal and, um, and he's young and, and he needs to have a better set of ears. He needs to have empathy. He needs to have understanding and appreciation and care. And so that's my job. I've got to raise a kid who's not as tribal as he is right now. So mm -hmm. interesting, interesting. Now it goes back to my next question here, because a lot of people, even my son, who's in his mid 20s, went to work for a company that really was employee centric. So a lot of the communication that they did was how much we care about employees, lots of things they did for their employees during the week kind of showed this employee centric culture. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, in the last two or three weeks, you know, these companies have been laying people off like crazy. Yeah. And What's that going to do to the psyche of, you know, younger people who have not been through this process and sort of bought into that culture of the company really cares about me as an individual and then boom, either they're getting laid off or their friends are getting laid off. I think that's going to have a, an effect on their overall worldview when it comes to companies. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, but I, but I also think this is a moment in time. So I think how we exit this will do a lot more to mitigate how we entered it. Um, and so I've been a strong advocate that those businesses that had to shut down, they should be checking in on their employees. They should be letting them know what the status of things are. They should be saying, we miss you. We want you. We want you back. We can't wait to get things back up and running. As soon as we 
can. We want this for you. Um, you know, I've been I've been the recipient of all of these emails from the schools because my children are now home, um, and you know the way that the schools have been really working very hard to keep in contact, to keep that relationship going, to let them know they're thought of and they're missed, um, and and anything you can do to come to come back. And do you need anything? And what can we do to help? You know, if the business is still in existence, you know you. You may have a, I, I had an employer call me and say, look, I've got this one employee and they've had this, they had this car accident and now their car is dead and they're not getting work and they can't qualify for unemployment. What should we do? I was thinking about, you know, just sending him a thousand dollars to fix his car. And I said, do it. You know, again, this is rubber bands and bubble gum. And, and what we do in these times isn't, you're not setting a precedent, but it's also telling people a lot about you. Um, and so I, I think keeping that commitment, keeping that communication, reaching out to them, sending them notes, sending them ideas, sending them Easter cards, Mother's Day cards, Father's Day cards. God, I hope we're not doing this at Father's Day, but keeping those contacts are is super, super important. And, and I, I, I also think that as a car wash, if you're open, there might be members of your community that don't know why you're open and, and resent that you're open because, hey, we have to stay home. How come you get to stay open? So now is also a really good time for you to be doing partnerships within your community, such as sending out cards, buying, you know, buying some meals from the, the restaurants that have closed down, um, putting out notices explaining why you're open, doing the, the you know, car washes for first responders and nurses and doctors, do, you know, give them free car wash for the month. You know, if you're open, if you can give back to the community to prove to the community that you are essential and you're a member of the community and you're not doing it just because, you know, you want to make coin in a crisis, but you're doing it because you're a really important member of that community. And, and there's a reason why you were considered that. And so if you're keeping, you know, a first responder if you're keeping first responders' cars clean, especially those like ambulances and 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 um, you know larger fire trucks, if you're helping sanitize and keeping those clean so that you can keep those people healthy, um, send that message out because you want everyone to know that you're you're doing you're doing your best to do the best to be the best for those who are who are really putting themselves at risk. Yeah. No doubt. You were on a call uh, with ICA, the Thursday Facebook yes. video with Andrew from Lubbock, yep. Texas, who had a great example of he was buying gift cards from restaurants and giving them out to his customers as they came in and got a lot of great press on that. But just finding a way where he could help yes. um, his, his community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I, you're, you started this by saying you must be, you must be, you know, raking it in or, you know, you must be overwhelmed with client work. I have never been, I have never worked so hard and made no money. Yeah. <laughs> We're Good making point. absolutely no money because I'm not, I mean, I don't want to say this out loud, but I tr I'm trying not to charge people who are having to lay off all of their employees. It seems yeah. it seems counterintuitive. Of course, yeah. we do we do have to. I do have to keep my I have to keep my my team together um, and employed so that we can continue to help. But those are the choices that we're making. You know, yeah. this is not a time. 
I mean, maybe for some people it's a time to, to really rake it in, but I don't see many of those. I see a lot of people doing their best just to, just to keep things, keep the lights on, keep people working and, and keeping, um, keeping things going. Oh, that's great. That's great. So you uh, at Affinity HR, you just created kind of a support plan. Do you want to tell everybody about? Oh, yeah. What you're thank doing you. There? Well, thank you for that plug. Um, yeah. uh, and that wasn't, I, I didn't have that intention when I raised that, but, um, but thank you for creating that opportunity. Yeah, so we've created a, um, it's just a COVID HR support hour. It's just a prepaid hour that's discounted um, off of the normal, um, our normal hourly rate. So it's $140. Um, and we've also adjusted it so that you can take it in small increments in time. And the reason why we did this was we kept getting email upon email upon email from, you know, one client or another that was feeling bad saying, you know, like, bill me. But of course, we didn't want to bill them for a five minute or 10 minute interaction. But what's happening is as we're easing into this, we're finding that like, as I said earlier, Lou's exposure scenario was different than Betty's exposure scenario. And so you've got this exposure scenario. Well, what forms should we fill out? And does this qualify? Does this not qualify? Do they come back to work? What information should we be getting? Do we need to be getting a doctor's note? Do we need to? So all of these questions, when you have an infection or when you have an exposure, that exposure generates five, six, seven other conversations that you need to have and not necessarily all at the same time. So we just figured it was a, it was a prepaid hour of insurance for folks who, who are looking at this. It also helps us um, to keep the lights on and to keep my consultants um, employed uh, to answer those questions. And um, we've had a lot of great response to it. So, um, you Good. know, it's, just something we're, we're putting out there. Of course, we're always going to answer questions as they come in our door. We're, we're, we're not going to turn any away, but, um, but our hope is, is at least it, 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 for those who are able, you know, it, it helps us keep going. That's great. That's great. And m maybe a suggestion I can make to the listeners, if you have used um, Claudia's company before, maybe just go ahead and pre-buy pre two or three hours of time if you use her on a regular basis. Might be a good idea to do that now to kind of help her company out, but you know, I'm sure you're going to let them bank that and use it uh, of course, throughout of course. the entire year. The, the suggestion was given, I heard with hairdressers, for example, I, you know, my hair is getting super long now and it's not long, but it's feeling super long. I was going to say, you don't look like you need a haircut. Yet. <laughs> I've been watching the men, the women all look just fine because we can put it up, but I've been yeah. watching nappy. I'm seeing a lot of hair of baseball caps <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. coming so on I, the video chat. But but the suggestion was made, maybe go ahead and pay your hairdresser, the person that does your hair right now, for something you can use later on. They kind of, because those people are not working at all. And, That's a great idea. you know, I thought that was a great idea. So maybe you can do that with the people that you consider to be your partners. And I'm sure you've got many clients uh, that consider you as kind of their HR partner. So if yes. you're able to, and you've got the cash flow and you can get a good cash position, maybe purchase a couple extra hours in advance might, might be helpful. That would be wonderful. Thank you, David. And my hope is that we can use that time for onboarding, for employee engagement, for a go. down payment on a recruiting effort, all of those good things on the flip side. And I, I have to tell you, I'm reading a book right now. It's called The First 90 Days, which is all about um, strategies for, for onboarding and that, that 
those first critical um, weeks on on the job. So I'm I'm trying to focus my energy on the flip side of this as well. That's really what I'm. Um, it makes me feel better to know that on the other side we will have the whole rebound effect, which that's is that's right. That's right. We're going to get back to hiring and running companies. And, we are. We are. And, uh, we we will get on the other end of this. That uh, that comment that you made earlier is very true. Yeah. So. Yes. If people want to get a hold of you, where should yes. they go? Well, first of all, I would really encourage anybody out there who's not linked in with me to link in with me. So Claudia St. John on LinkedIn. I put a ton of videos out there. We have a ton of webinars. We have a ton of white papers. Um, so resources that we keep populating with questions and answers and every resource we can give to folks um, to help them, you know, weather this storm. Um, our website is uh, www affinity that's a f is in frank f is in frank i n i t y h r group.com so affinity hr group.com and if you do forward slash blog we also are compiling all of our information there of course the the international car wash association has a great covid site as well and so we've been giving them all of our materials as well so um, in addition to other materials that they have been able to source so in addition to, to ica um, do check out our blog. And of course, um, you can reach me at Claudia at affinityhrgroup.com. Uh, and our number is 877-660-6400. And if I can say that one more time, it's 877-660-6400. And you know, if you're not a client of ours, if we've no, if you've never laid eyes on us before, and we have no idea who you are, we're here to help. So um, don't don't hesitate to call. Um, that's really what that seems to be our calling these days is just uh, helping folks get through this so that that's we can great. all get back to business. Good, good. Well, thank you for all your time and your effort and everything you're doing thank to you. kind of support your clients and support the car wash industry. So we certainly appreciate that. I, it's my pleasure. Always, always enjoy talking to you, Claudia. I, I, you know, our conversations, I always expect like a 30 minute conversation and we always go much, <laughs> much longer, but I super enjoy it. I enjoy getting your perspective and thank you for the work that you and your team are doing right now to kind of help car wash owners, uh, kind of, and managers navigate this. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, and I uh, I enjoy it as well. Um, I'm always happy when I when I see the 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 invite to do another podcast. So, um, hopefully, hopefully, my liberal politics not, notwithstanding, um, you'll you'll have me back. <laughs> no, I, I love having you. You always teach me some things, and it's you know it's changed a few of my my uh, perspectives over time. So I appreciate that too. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so. Well, be safe, please. I hope everybody stays safe, um, and you know, practice good hygiene and hand washing and and uh hopefully uh everybody will be will be right as rain for the summer yeah no doubt no doubt thank you for that and i've learned to wash my hands properly now i didn't realize i was not washing them long <laughs> enough so i am more conscious of that than ever and i have no nails anymore i cut off all of my nails because apparently that that was gross i didn't know that was a gross thing so i don't have any nails okay that's interesting information so good good well claudia thank you for this episode and thank you for listening to this episode of car wash the podcast um, you can get this podcast anywhere you get podcasts like Stitcher, Google Play, and obviously iTunes, or you can go to the website. It's being hosted right now, which is new at carwash.org under Car Wash Magazine and forward slash podcast. So if you want to listen on the web, you can listen there. 
Thanks so much. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time on Car Wash the Podcast. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners. 